Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everyone. We are live from New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. Technological developments in recent years have changed nearly every industry, and real estate is no exception. The process of listing, viewing, buying, and selling properties has become much more streamlined with listing websites, e-sign documents, and mobile apps. The Forbes Real Estate Council is most excited about one of those technologies. It's called Real Scout. Simple, user-friendly. These are keywords that consumers attach themselves to when it comes to mobile applications to shop for apartments online. And online, everything today is the rage. The co-founder and president of Real Scout, Andrew Flackner, is with us this morning, and we will discuss. Also at this hour, if you are a good broker, you don't just talk real estate to your clients. You are deep. Oh, I can't wait to get into this conversation with Matthew. You get deep into who they are and what makes them tick. You're having conversations that get very intimate very quickly. A few minutes after you say, how do you do Apartment hunters are laying bare their finances and, in many instances, their domestic situations. We need to know this stuff. The panel will weigh in on this and so much more, so let's get at it. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, New York State's millionaire's tax, which is about to expire, presents a complicated mix of policy, fiscal, and political choices. While progressives want sharply higher taxes on the rich... New York has become excessively reliant on their taxes. As the Citizens Budget Commission, or CBC as it's known, spotlighted in its analysis of Andrew Cuomo's latest budget proposal, which calls for a five-year extension, the top 0.6% of taxpayers pay 40% of their income tax, or about $20 billion. Those very rich people's income is largely capital gains, which makes it volatile, and they are now paying much more in federal taxes because of the cap imposed last year on state and local tax, or SALT, deductions as it's now known. Extending the higher rates would make New Yorkers less competitive and make its personal income tax revenues more susceptible to economic downturns, the analysis has argued. Uh, But the state clearly needs the money. The tax generates about $4 billion a year by levying on an 8.82% rate on single uh, filers, earning more than $1 million, and married couples earning more than $2.1 million. Voters wanted extended. A Quinnipiac poll recently released last Wednesday found 56% of the voters and more than two-thirds of Democrats wanted extended. Uh, Directly across the street from Bloomingdale's on East 60th Street or 151 East 60th Street was supposed to give rise to a residential super tall on the southern edge of the Upper East Side. Uh, The assemblage has uh, seen uh, impressive design proposals and released uh, beautiful architectural and design drawings. Demolition of six low-rise buildings began in the summer of 17 after permits were filed. However, since then, activity has come to a grinding halt, and it appears that the site is the latest casualty of New York City's Chinese-led development bust. Well, there goes that one. Uh, In a surprising and exclusive reveal, Yimby has the scoop uh, for new renderings offering a first look at Left Rack's waterfront development at 700 Washington Boulevard in Jersey City. While the developer has released little information about the project, updated illustrations appear to match preliminary renderings made public in 2017 following approvals from the state of New Jersey. 
Known as the Wave, the development would comprise a 24-story tower and 12-story building with a five-story connecting structure in between. Initial filings proposed a mixed-use residential complex with 16,000 square feet of commercial area and 338 residential units. A giant cache of 24 million documents from credit and mortgage reports was exposed online about two weeks ago, according to TechCrunch. This is serious. This was reported last week. Because because it was not protected with a password, the 51-gigabyte database was available for anyone to access and to read. The data included sensitive personal information used for credit checks, from Social Security numbers and bank accounts to W-2 forms and bankruptcy filing information. This information would be a goldmine for cyber criminals who would have everything they need to steal identities, file false tax returns, and get loans or credit cards. The documents, some dating back as far back as 2008, came from major financial institutions such as Citigroup, HSBC, Wells Fargo, and Capital One, as well as the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD as we call it, which insures mortgages via the Federal Housing Administration. Now I wonder why my mortgage was lost in 2008. Hmm, I wonder where that went to. Anyway, we've got a big show, so let's get at it. As I said, we have a special guest here today. Andrew Flackner is co-founder and president of RealScout, a startup which empowers thousands of New York City brokers with a branded home search portal and access to real-time consumer demand data. Andrew was consistently featured as one of the most influential real estate leaders and was recently honored as Forbes 30 under 30 and Silicon Valley Business Journal's top 40 under 40. You're not 40. (laughs) Recently, Andrew launched a popular video interview series, which enables brokers to relay their questions directly to industry play play, uh, playmakers, including Zillow, as well as CEOs of Douglas Elliman, New York City, Brown Harris, Stevens, Warburg, Remax, Redfin and Open Door. Also with us today is John Wahlberg, is and he's from Halstead. He's known as one of the consummate residential residential real estate professionals in Manhattan. Isn't that a title? Wow. Since 1985, he has managed and/or brokered the sale and rental of over 5,500 units. And today, he is the executive vice president and managing director for Halstead Real Estate here. Uh, in New York, well, actually all over, John has worked every side of the table and represented everyone from brokers, developers, and attorneys to celebrities in sports, network, and news broadcasting people to opera and disco divas, spill the beans, tell us who, (laughs) authors, composers, directors, as well as Broadway and other performing artists. John was founder and executive vice president, managing director of Atco Residential, a firm he created in 1997. He's an active member of the Real Estate Board of New York, or REBNY as we call it. He's chaired the REBNY Listing System, RLS, and Technology Committees, served as the elective co-chair of the Residential Board of Directors, and was drive, a driving force behind the development and launch of REBNY's public web portal. He is also a recipient of the Henry Foster Award, a prestigious Lifetime Achievement Award given each year by REBNY, and I remember I was at that particular event. So here we all are this morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Andrew, let me start with morning. you. So you say the future of real estate isn't about bots, drones, or virtual reality. It's about real people and families striving towards their dreams and the experts and brands that help them achieve that. Real Scout is dedicated to this vision for the future where technology is an essential complement but not a replacement for the real estate ecosystem that exists today. You say we take the best technology available to create experiences for brokers, agents, and their clients and enable them to accomplish their financial uh, business and real estate goals combined. So help us help the listening audience out there understand what you mean by all of that. Sure. So uh, thank you so much for having me. This is really an honor to be here. 
Um, but when you look at the real estate industry, when you read the headlines, often you see a lot of distracting news about the latest and greatest technology, whether it be chatbots or drones, uh, things that are presumably going to disintermediate the broker from the transaction. And um, it's a very popular talking point, especially in Silicon Valley. It's what investors are really eager to invest in, these companies that are uh, out to disrupt or turn the industry upside down. Um, but oftentimes, while that's the sexy headline, um, it's pretty far from reality. And the fundamentals of a real estate transaction have not changed. Uh, they're still uh, very large, very emotional, very complex, and very uh, infrequent transactions. Um, so we believe that technology is going to augment the uh, human capital in a transaction. Yeah, you, you, you say great user experience and the hot design define really who you are. So you want your users to have a good experience when they're using your, your technology. And they also it also has to be a good design, easy, I would Im- imagine, to you know go through. So how do you accomplish that? Because there are so many different you know websites out there to do so many different things. So when you're looking to design, as you did, uh, uh, an application that's going to delight agents, and we all know how difficult it is to get agents to do something <laughs> brand new, and John will attest to that. But yes. so, how do you, you know, what do you put into that in the the thought process to make it sexy, sleek, easy to maneuver through, and and you know to accomplish your goals at the end? Sure. So ultimately, you have to compete with the experience consumers have come to expect on the portals. And when we founded the company, my co-founder and I sat down with home buyers for over a hundred hours of interviews. And we try to understand their search behavior. Interesting buyers. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, buyers. Um, and we we wanted to know at the time I was selling uh, real estate, and I was wondering, you know, why my clients, why my buyers were not going to my website, where they weren't even going to my broker's website, they were going to the national search portals, and we wanted to understand why. And um, it, it may surprise you that the the number one reason we uncovered is that when they go to a broker's website, they believe they're not looking at all of the property, all of the listings. Um, Because these brokers have such a strong and dominant brand in their marketplace, they often feel that they're only looking at the Douglas Elliman listings or the the Brown-Harris listings. And while we all know that's not necessarily the case, um, these consumers um, believe that. And and so we we realize that a neutral, independent, third-party brand is important. It's why companies like StreetEasy or Zillow have become successful is because they don't have big brands as brokerages. I wanted to ask you about that. So when you when you say that sometimes buyers think that they're being limited to just one brokerage's listings, hence the, the creation of StreetEasy many years ago and why that has become almost a platform of choice, you know, when Zillow out in the, uh, uh, in the uh, outside of the urban centers or outside of New York City. So... That's what I wanted to get to. So tell us how Real Scout kind of supplants the the street eases of the world out there, and what you can as a consumer or buyer do with this application. Sure, and I, and I wouldn't say necessarily supplant. Um, you know, we believe that a real estate lifecycle is a funnel, and at the top of the funnel is where unaffiliated buyers go to connect. Honestly, not even with a property, but with a with a broker. Right? They might go to one of those sites and they might connect with a broker. Um, uh, Real Scout takes it from there, and we are integrated partners with Zillow and with Trulia and StreetEasy. Um, and when a lead comes through one of those sites, then we will begin. We will take it from there. And the, the the Real Scout experience is really about supporting the workflow between a broker and their client. So there's no distractions from ads for other brokers, etc. 
But we really want to focus on that workflow, whether it's scheduling showings or whether it's um, uh, fostering the communication between a, a broker and their buyer. We're going to get into who your, your clients are, you know, after the break. But um, And I want to talk to John and bring him in on this, too. So, you know, where or how is technology really changing the way we do real estate, you know, not only here in New York City, but anywhere around the world? Because it's a very big difference from when I started 17 years ago, literally, um, with the New York Times newspaper, you know, when I wanted to find out, you know, what was out there. Story-wise or other listings-wise, yes, we had a listing system within our own company, but it was not anywhere near where we are today. So, you know, technology has started probably back then. I remember when Halstead, my company, was just redoing their website. We were one of the first companies to have a website, I think, next to Corcoran. Um, And we were all, you know, kind of jumping on that bandwagon to get technology out there. So, from your perspective, where do you see (coughs) where we've come and where we're going Sure. So I, I think we are leading or ushering in a new era of collaborative uh, home search. And it really comes in two phases. The first is we've invested tens of millions of dollars into building the country's number one collaborative search platform. This is, you can think of it almost like a safe haven for collaborating with your clients. Once we do that successfully in a market and get market share, um, what we're able to do is facilitate a broker-to-broker network. And this is where uh, I would say it, it has a potential to be transformative. This is where uh, a Douglas Elliman broker can identify and connect with other brokers in the market who have a buyer for their listing. So I can identify that there are you know, five other uh, Douglas Elliman buyer brokers. They'd be a good match for my listing, but I know that there's another 40 in the market that are working with a Halstead broker or Brown-Harris or, or, or Warburg um, uh, broker. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. So much more on that. We're live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. We will continue on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with John Wilberg from Halstead and Andrew Flackner uh, from Real Scout, a collaborative home search platform that keeps agents and clients connected throughout the home buying process. I mean, that's amazing. So, John, we were talking just before the break about how technology has changed real estate companies in not only the city in New York City, but all over the place. So how has Halstead evolved through the years? And from your perspective, uh, is it helping us or is it not to be competitive out there with the rest? Residential real estate is is a relationship business. That's what that's what brokers do. 100%. They form relationships. So um, we've got to look at the relationships and make sure that you're continuing to foster them and support those relationships. And technology does just that. And certainly Real Scout is a major part of that for us. Um, the companies have all looked at technology because our clients actually are our brokers. And uh, we support, obviously, our agents first and their clientele. So Real Scout is one of those things that helps that come along and, and fosters that kind of relationship. Um, other technologies are there because you're looking for efficiency and effectiveness. That's really what technology is for. It's a tool. Right. It brings things along and it helps the time that an agent is going to spend on a particular situation so that they can focus on other things and, and get that communication through carefully and quickly and, and uh, with less effort. Andrew, to John's point, you know, every company has different culture and every company has different types and sets of agents, et cetera, et cetera. Some companies have been around for hundreds of years. Some, you know, companies are brand new. How as uh, you, how does your firm, you know, connect with all of these disparate different types of cultures and get them all wrapped around one application that that is successful, obviously? But how do you do that when you're selling to companies that are Pretty much. I mean, the industry is the sa- industry is the same, but the cultures are so vastly different. Does that affect your marketing at all? You're selling. I, I think it, it does affect how we train, implement, and launch these brokerages. Right? They all use our platform in a slightly different way, um, but it's important to remember that this is about consumer engagement. This is about engaging your buyers so they're searching with you instead with instead of a, a third party platform. Uh, and as a result of that, we invest deeply in engaging the consumer. Uh, and the consumer is not is not varying drastically between these brokerages. Um, so we we know how to engage them. John, so when your agents, you know, when we rolled this out, when you guys rolled it out to Halstead, so the agents, do they understand the concept behind this, that this is a user-friendly application, not only for them, but for their, their clients out there? Because the whole key to this is the home buyers out there or the apartment buyers out there are, are searching, and we want them to search in our world, not necessarily in the world that you know exist out there. So, do they understand that this is something that's not only for their use, but for their their clients' use, probably more so than not than than their own? Absolutely, I think the the agents. You know, we did a very good job in association with Real Scout and rolling it out, and I think that the adoption of this particular technology, obviously ongoing, but was very good from the get go. Agents are craving the fact of having a platform where they can communicate and ensure that their brand is effectively what the customer is seeing while they're viewing all of the different listings and and going through their process. So it's an insurance that um, people are 
are connected with them and, and continuing to look through them. So I think they realize what the consumer experience is really all about because it's different than the consumer experience has been in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you guys have feedback from the consumer or the home buyer or the apartment buyer here in New York, as we call it, to understand from their perspective how this is fitting their lifestyle? Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that's unique that uh, New York City consumers are not used to is the ability to have a more immersive search experience where you can search by photographs. Um, so one of the things we do is we use machine learning to read photographs that we ingest. And what we can do is we can, we can actually read these photographs in the same way that uh, Facebook would recognize you in a photo you upload. We're able to categorize and classify these photos. It unlocks a beautiful and intuitive experience. So if you're looking... Um, for a home and you want a gourmet kitchen, imagine taking two or three properties on Real Scout, click compare, and now you can see all the kitchens side yes. by side, the bedrooms, the yes. bathrooms side by side. It is so cool. And it's something you can do uh, in e-commerce when you're shopping for a car online, but you can't do it when you're searching for an apartment. Uh, and that's a shame and we fixed that. You know, it, it's kind of interesting, and the question to both of you is, why are agents so driven and lured by the greatest and, and, and the best in technology? I mean, I started in this business 17 years ago, and as I said at the start of the program, we were just basically one of the first companies who had a website. That was a big tech deal back in those days. But today, no matter who you talk to, no matter what company they, they work for, it's all in their minds, it's all about, you know, technology. Why? why what, what are they looking for? For well, in you, that you want to be where your client is, right? And it, there's something very backwards about our industry when we're sending our clients to third parties. Imagine going to your doctor and they say, you know what, Vince, just go to WebMD.com, you'll be fine. Or if you go to your financial advisor and they say, go go to Yahoo Finance, there's a lot of answers there for you. But that's what we do in our industry, and um, and, and it really drives a wedge between clients and their brokers. So you have to be where your clients are, and if your clients are searching at two o'clock in the morning on a on a database because they don't have time during the day, or, or actually many of them do search during the day. I don't know how they don't do their jobs, but they're searching for real estate <laughs> apartments and sending us brokers listings. I saw this today. I saw that today. I want to you know, uh, potentially go and see it. So be where the client is and give them what they're looking for. What excites you the most, though, today, Andrew, about uh, Real Scout? I mean, it's been out for a while. We're going to talk about your client base in a bit. But what, what excites you the most about Real Scout? What, what, what's your greatest achievement? so far with this application? So I, I think that brokers get a bad rap in our industry because sometimes they lack um, some of the data they need to be sophisticated in how they answer the most fundamental questions about real estate and how to market a listing. I mean, think about it this way. I, I was meeting with a broker in New York City um, a few weeks ago and they said, hey, you know, we went on a listing presentation and uh, we pulled out the comps, which is a normal thing to do. And we saw that your neighbor's house sold for $2 million uh, you know, six months ago. Well, guess what? The market has shifted in the past six months. Do you have real-time data to inform your client about um, where the market has gone? And we, when we have all this real-time buyer data, we can start to reveal a <clears throat> real-time pulse on home buyer demand. And that will inform your marketing. It'll inform how to price the property. We had a San Francisco broker who identified that a 1% price reduction would increase the exposure to buyers by 10%. That is a meaningful statistic that would only come from understanding buyers on a grand scale. Uh, and it's something that uh, I think will add more sophistication and elevate our industry. Where, um, all right, so let's talk about who your client base is right now. So you are here in a, in a big way in New York City. Where, who are these people and where else are you going? In the sure, future? so uh, New York City is, is, a, is a really big market for us and we've been really um, uh, proud of, of, of our results so far. 
Um, we have Douglas Elliman, Halstead, Sotheby's, Brown Harris, Warburg, Engel and Volker, Stribling, and Bond. Uh, and if I forgot any, I'm sorry. <laughs> but wow. we've, we've been adding new customers to the platform every month or so. And the reason why is uh, as we add more brokers to this platform and they bring more clients or more buyers to the platform, we're creating a, a network that is incredibly robust. And while there are other tech-enabled or venture capital-backed brokerages that claim to be able to match their listings with any of their buyers, um, this is something that no single brokerage can do alone. Uh, they, it really takes the collective uh, power of all of these brokerages coming together to create this asset. Talk a little bit about the, the customization of this application. So each agent, you know, Sean and I work at Halstead, so it, you know, we both have access to RealScout. So <clears throat> how do we customize it to our own uh, likes and our clients' likes? Because his clients are different than mine, mine are different than his, et cetera, et cetera. How do we do that or sure. can we do that? So uh, if, you're, if you're asking to how do you, you know, douse the platform in you know, your favorite color or with different pages, um, that's, that's something we don't do. We don't build agent or broker websites um, because for the reason I explained earlier, consumers want a platform that feels a bit more independent or neutral. Now, how can the consumer customize their search or the broker customize the search of a, of a client? That's, that's our bread and butter. So a, a consumer can add their favorite commutes. Maybe they want to be near a city bike or near their synagogue. Um, that's something that you can do on RealScout very easily that you can't do on other platforms. Um, you may want to um, you know, specify that you want floor-to-ceiling windows or you want to be a, in a flat in Soho. Um, those are all things that you can do on RealScout that we make it really easy uh, to do. New level for the agent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I find my buyers are loving it. They can <clears throat> totally customize it. Um, the password is already set up for them, so all they have to do is click a link in their email, and then we can monitor what they're looking at and what their preferences have kind of changed and evolved to as they kind of push their search. The monitoring of what they're looking at is the best part of this for me, I think, because you never know what they are. You know, buyers will always tell you when you sign up with them, I want this and I want that and I don't want X or Y. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start sending you things and it's completely different from what they originally told you. So if you can kind of watch them, as Sean said in the background, see what they're looking at, see the buildings, see the, the finishes, see the, the, the floor plan layouts, whatever. You have a better sense that that's what I'm enjoying about Well, they say they might be searching in one neighborhood and now they're searching in another. How Absolutely. are you supposed to know that if they're searching on a third-party third party portal? Um, and then you may have a buyer who you think is dormant and now they've come back alive and they're searching. They looked at, you know, at 10 apartments yesterday. Say that's, like the, that's probably been like the biggest benefit is just yeah. the, the platform kind of informing you of like your, your buyer's interest that they're not telling you. And you don't have to exchange all these extra emails and texts and they can just rate properties. And then also, like for instance, it was just Christmas holidays and you just see everybody come, come back to life at the same time on the platform. So that's been really good for us. People using phones, tablets, uh, sure, and so, at what stage are they really using them? Yeah, it's interesting. So about 55-60% of consumers are searching on mobile. And if that seems low, it's because, as Vince pointed out earlier, they're searching in the middle of the day using their PCs at work. <laughs> so oftentimes they're searching, uh, you know, they're searching while they're in, in their workflow. And, and that's the interesting thing is that you know, your consumers are searching day in and day out. Um, I, Offering them a platform where they can conduct that search on their own is just imperative um, because they are going to be updating their criteria many, many times, as you know. Uh, and for you to be, have transparency and visibility into that really uh, allows you to increase your conversion. Hey, Andrew? 
in terms of listings, do you guys have access to all the listings through the RLS or do you have other methods to get the listings? And then also, do you allow for sale by owners on the platform? How does that work? Yeah, so today we do, uh, we do have a um, RLS feed um, and we have plans uh, to ingest other feeds as well. Okay. Uh, okay, so we have a, a couple of seconds left. So a collaborative home search platform, like I said before, that keeps agents and clients connected throughout the buying process. That is so important. I like the customization on the buyer side that they can customize as to what they are they need to look for. We on the, the agent side can see and monitor exactly what our customers are looking for. So it makes our jobs easier. Uh, and we can provide a full, you know, I like to think a full scale, you know, solution or resolution to their home searches. Andrew Flackner, Real Scout, thank you very much. He's going to stick around with us uh, through the rest of the program. But thank you for being with us. We have to take a break. We're live from uh, New York City. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. John Wahlberg from Halstead is here. Andrew Flackner from Real Scout is here. Sean McPeak from Halstead. Phil Horrigan from Freely and Leasebreak.com. Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman. And Matthew Cohen, the one and only from CORE, is with us today. So, uh, John, I want to ask you just before we go into some other questions here, and just because I, I love talking about this, Halstead is known in the industry for having an unbelievable ability to maintain its culture and agent retention in a very high, highly competitive um, marketplace out there. Tell everybody out there why that is. I think that Halstead looks for an agent to be their best self. And our development uh, of an agent, our development of a company has been a, I'll call it a family-friendly structure. Uh, I think that we treat our agents as family. We treat them as partners. Um, We continue to help the development of their business. That's our focus. And as a result, uh, the atmosphere and the um, collegial uh, situation with, uh, you know, at Halstead, uh, I think is second to none. Um, The culture, you know, makes itself. It's the agents who then make the culture because of what we've established. I agree, and that's one of the reasons I asked Andrew in uh, before the break why or how they design design these systems with so many different types of cultures, you know, around the country, uh, around the city, and in, in, in our particular cases, 
Anyway, moving on. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Urban Diggs recently said, in the last few weeks, buyers have come back. Are we seeing this in the in the marketplace out there? I personally, in my business, have seen buyers coming back. Now, are they running and, and knocked on the doors down? No. But they're back. Comments? Uh, I'm seeing, I'd say, healthy traffic at open houses. But like you said, no one's busting down doors. I think it's a mixture of the market and also just what happens annually. I always find that the second and third and even fourth week of January start to, you know, (laughs) ramp up. Like I I always find that people are back from their vacations. People are back from their New Year's, you know, getaway. And they usually need a week to kind of come back. They're like, it's freaking cold. And I'm now back at work. I'm not happy about it. And then that week is over. And then they're looking for new products. So Matt, to that point, I agree with you. So to that point, do you think we are entering into what we normally consider the spring market starting around end of January into February? Or are we not going to go there because marketplaces or defined marketplaces don't exist anymore? Yeah, I don't think I don't think we are going to go there. You know, because of the market shift, we're not in our typical annual um, seasonal market. I, I've actually been having this conversation with a lot of sellers that you know normally I like to put apartments on the market in you know March or September, and you know I, I don't like to put things on say just before the summer or in the summer. But right now with such a market shift that we've had. It almost doesn't matter. And Louise has talked about this before. Like it almost doesn't matter when you're coming on the market because if the product is right for someone, it's right. And if the price is right, it's right. And that brings me to the next point. Urban Diggs also says new property coming on the market are coming on at more reasonable price level. So to your point, is this the right time to put something that's priced right? On the marketplace. I think it's uh, in the market that we're in right now. I think it's always the right time to put something on the market that's priced right. You know, I, I think what people are getting a little confused about both on the buyer, sorry, both on the seller and the broker side to Andrew's point is what is that right price? I, I think it's very difficult these days to price things accordingly because there's not a scale anymore. You know, we're not in a comp market. So you really have to do extra research, you have to, you know, work extra hard to make sure it's the right thing. And I always say to all of my clients, especially in the market that we're in right now, what's great about New York City is that it's a market that really speaks to you. And and if you're not, you know, as much as we want to be completely perfect from the get-go, from day one of going on the market, if we don't have offers, if we don't have activity within the first two weeks, you're, you know, you're priced wrong. And if you are priced too low, you're going to get overasking offers. So the market really speaks to you. Andrew, is the same in San Francisco, for example? Uh, yeah, I mean, things settle down uh, over the holidays, and now buyers are back, and it's becoming a, um, a more aggressive market with uh, you know multiple offers. Uh, but the, the reality is that you know the best proxy brokers have today is the comps, and that's going to change. And we believe that you know, in the years to come, it's going to be table stakes that you walk into your listing appointment um, with a, a real-time pulse on home buyer demand. Unfortunately, in this marketplace, uh, these days, comps are not really our friend because it's very difficult to get a comp, you know, because the last 18 months or two years has been not not great market. They also say that buyers are still being cautious, uh, but aware of their market leverage. Are we still seeing that out there? Oh. They're, they're being cautious, but aware of their market leverage? No question about it. I mean, and to go back to the comps for a second, comps look backward. And basically, buyers look forward. 
And that's the change and, and the shift in the dynamic of the marketplace. Agents have realized that now. I think the buyers have realized that now. They have a little bit more power, a little bit more say-so. We're a little bit more in a buyer's market. So as a result, this is the kind of platform uh, in Real Scout that gives an agent that edge up, yeah. uh, that gives the agent that uh, situation to communicate with the other brokers and, and uh, buyers in the community to know exactly where things are, uh, to Matt's point, for pricing. Because this platform gives us an agent an ability to get ahead on pricing rather than sit there and look at past comps and just go on gut. And I also, I also think that what you're going to face this this season, this these next cu- upcoming months, or that's going to affect the market a lot, are taxes. You know, I think with all of the tax changes, people who are filing their taxes and doing their tax returns, you're going to see a major shift. I feel um, whether that's a, an entire market shift or just a price range shift, I feel it's going to be more of a price thing. I think you're going to find people who are who are bankers and attorneys and in certain fields who were looking at like five million and up might go a little further down. It's going to so, be like someone jumping out of a cake and yeah. splattering cake all over the wall because it's going to be a big shock and surprise to everybody. Hello, where did that come from? Really? Okay. The bottom of the market doesn't last that long. So question, are we at the bottom of the market? No. We're no, not. not quite. I will say you, you never know for sure. So one thing you cannot do, I've learned through all the ups and downs being in this business now 15 years is just, which some people probably have been in the business longer, but you just don't know. Um, I remember in 2008, we had the, the crash and then 2009, the market popped a little. And then from 2010 to 12, it was just flat, like nothing really happened. And then all of a sudden in 2012, it just kind of took off and no one really predicted that. And you kind of look back. So it, it could be the same thing. I mean, it's, it feels like we're not at the bottom yet, but you, you really don't know. There are some, I've heard some people say we are at the bottom. Like we'll look back now and say, this is the bottom, but you just don't know for sure. You know, it could be yeah. now, it could be a year from now, it could be two years from you now. You want to know, it's just like, it, well, it, I think history repeats itself. <clears throat> My opinion is we are not at the bottom of the marketplace. I don't know how much longer we're going to take to get there. But one thing I do know for sure, it doesn't last long. Once you uh, get to that bottom and everybody decides, okay, we are now at the bottom of this marketplace or whatever, it's almost an immediate rocket shoot up that, okay, been there, done that, don't want to stay at the bottom, we're going this way up. So I agree. I don't know how long it's going to take to get to that bottom. But, you know, the f- funny thing is we will all know it when we get there. And it's right. hard to to articulate, but we will all know it when we get there. But what's so interesting about New York City as a real estate market is this. I mean, I was having coffee with um, someone who recently came into the industry yesterday who was racking my brain about just what I've done. And I said to him, I was like, one of the, my favorite things to do is to meet with broker friends of mine who are all over the map, like broker friends of mine who are young and really successful and broker friends of mine who have been in the business for over 20 years. And one thing that they've consistently said lately is they don't even know if 2009 was the bottom. So I I don't know if we know what the bottom is. I think it's more of just a feeling, you know, this isn't the stock market where you can legitimately say like, here's what's happening. It's kind of, you know, always a little bit up in the air. You never know where the bottom really is until you've looked backward in a, in a rearview mirror. Uh, we can never sort of say we're at the bottom now. You can only look backward and go, oh, that was the bottom. Right. So it's basically a great time for people to jump in because if we're in this kind of a market, absolutely, these are times where, you know, good pricing, as you say, people are coming out with much better pricing than they were before, more realistic pricing. And so this is a kind of marketplace that a buyer can get a good deal. Again, uh, a buyer is going to look maybe six months from now 
and and come out and go, wow, that might have been the bottom. And uh, mm-hmm. the prices seem to be escalating a little bit. I better jump, you know, better jump now. So do you think that inefficiency is because we are such a lag in contract signed to actually close? That's like a 90-day lag, right? That definitely so, affects things. Right. So Absolutely. if we had, for instance, the data of what the contract was signed for the day that it was signed, we would have real-time data. Again, I think that the, all of this data that we have historically and traditionally looked at is what has driven so much of the market activity, whether it be on the broker side, yeah. on the seller side, or the buyer side. Yeah. What I think is interesting is you turn to a, a, a tool um, like Real Scout, <coughs> and it actually shifts the dynamic of the industry. Because now you're looking at something that's futuristic. You're looking at something that's a buyer-driven statistic. So it's not necessarily about what just happened. It's about what's going to happen. And that's what I think is exciting for the broker. And you you asked earlier, like, why are agents and brokers so into tech? This is why. Because, like, every broker wants the best leg up, right? Like, they want to be better than the other person. And that's what they look to tech for. I mean, I think it's pretty simple. I don't know. Not because you're a millennial. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Not think, at all. I, th- I think it's, I think it's buyer driven, though. Uh, buyers want to have the same experience with real estate that they have with everything else, whether it's Amazon Absolutely. or Netflix or whatever. I mean, there's an instant gratification that we cannot provide in this industry that technology sort of can. Well, Honestly, they, I'm surprised Amazon hasn't gotten their broker's license yet. Well, give it time. <laughs> they're, they're, they're working on it. But this is what I love about Real Scout because, as, as Sean just said, you talk about all these online apps that are on your phone at your fingertips 24 by 7. You can search for a car. You can search for a book. You can search for anything on Amazon. You can search for an apartment on Real Scout. I mean, it, it, it's it's limitless. It's endless, but it, but it's a wonderful thing. So um, also co-op boards, Urban Diggs' um, uh, research is showing co-op boards in this questionable marketplace, and that's what I like to say. It's a questionable marketplace, have become much more difficult. Why on earth would they be more difficult in a time where you would think that they want to be easier on the consumer or the buyer coming into their buildings? What What's going on with, with the co-op boards? I don't know. I'm actually really surprised by that. Uh, by that fact, it, uh, someone like Louise, for that example, that came up in a lot of my research, actually. Yeah, I mean, l- l- someone like Louise meets with co-op boards all the time just to to speak to them and advise on them. And I know that she was saying that they're actually a lot of them are easing up a little bit more. But maybe what's happening, my guess would be that co-op boards are just adjusting to new pricing because we all know that from being in the business for years yeah. that you know, sometimes or more so what happens with co-op board rejections is that the board's actually not happy with the price. And it's not as much about the buyer themselves. And maybe that's what's happening. Maybe they're not thrilled about, you know, the pricing that's now realistic with the rest of the market. They're also completely unwilling to adjust some of their policies that are uh, depressing prices. Uh, You know, we we had a land lease building that had a few jumps, um, and, and their monthlies and their land lease charges, and they still refuse to negotiate on any of their requirements for the building. Ugh. And land lease, we would, that, 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 that's another whole topic. Anyway, <laughs> to end the subject, to end the subject, to end the, the segment, buyers have never been as intelligent as they are right now. Again, because of you know applications like Real Scout, because of other applications out there that they can use. When I first started in this business, I'm not going to say buyers were not educated or were, were not smart. They didn't know. There was not that much access to information, so they had to really rely on us to give them that information. Now, they rely on these applications to 
to drive them in, in areas they want to go into, but they still need us to make sure that they're looking at the right data and they're buying the right stuff, etc. So we've got to take a break. Leave it there. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, segment four, uh, and the panelists are with me, Sean McPeak, Phil Horrigan, Jordan Shea, Matt Cohen, John Wahlberg, and Andrew Flackner. All right, so I'm just checking my email as we went into break, and it says, cute puppies do not get your listings sold. I disagree. Okay. Well, I do. I too. can't deal I with like too. adding things to your photos. It's such a pet peeve of mine. Literally, well, pet peeve. Well, I, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> you, you don't see it that often, but what it does—it's not going to sell your listing, but it's going to get attention when they're searching on Real Scout for people who are pet friendly or or who have pets in their in their lives. I mean, I <laughs> I would look at that and say, oh wow, I want to do that. All right. Anyway, here we go. So, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, very He's got a tired. cold bottle of water <laughs> on his eyes. Okay, but we never know with this one anyway. So if you are a good broker, as we talked about at the top of the program, you don't just talk real estate to your clients. You get deep into who they are and what makes them tick. You're having conversations that get you 
sometimes very involved in their intimate details of their life very, very quickly, okay, if you're doing your job right. A few minutes after you say, how do you do when you meet for the first time, house hunters are laying bare their finances and in many instances, their domestic situation. So people out there listening who don't understand how we work in New York City, they might say, well, why do you do that? Why is it important to, first of all, you know, if things go well, you know, you form long-lasting relationships and that turns into multiple sales and resales through the years with these people. But initially, why is it important to get into their intimate details of their life, financially and otherwise? What's in it for us? I mean, first and foremost, you know, we're helping someone buy or experience the biggest purchase of their life. And it's it's a home, like it's something very personal. So I think it's extremely important to just have more of a relationship than strictly work. At the same time, I'm actually, I'm in talks with HGTV about something. And, and the first question they've asked all of us um, is, what is your relationship with your clients? Instead of like anything real estate related. And I thought it was very interesting, um, especially after the New York Times article came out about brokers marrying and dating their Meeting clients. the loves of their I lives, was, yes. I was like, wow, they took it there. Um, I just think it's incredibly important. But then in New York, you obviously have the co-op process. And it almost requires you to get extremely close with someone and have that trust of saying, I need to see your tax returns. I need to see your you know, social security numbers and see your bank accounts. And it's it's a personal, personal thing. Well, so, so just to explain to listen, listeners out there, the need for the finances is to make sure that we as agents can qualify them and make sure, vet them, and make sure that they can pass a very tough co-op board or any co-op board. And the domestic situation, why do I need to know about their domestic situation? I mean, does that in, does that get in, uh, I mean, get in the way of, of getting somebody past a board? Or I think, I think it's good to know because it affects their decisions and, um, you know, what matters to them. And also, I mean, there's always, there's a saying in real estate that some of the best deals uh, that are made are never made. So things you can kind of, uh, avoid so you don't want to sell your client something oh that's uh, so nice that you, that, Sorry, that's not gonna work with them just, like uh well matt was saying the other night right you're saying that your client was thinking about getting two dogs and the board only allows one so you said don't sign the contract right so it's better to kind of you know maintain that relationship and if you hadn't spoken to them and gotten to know them that well or maybe you knew them previously then you wouldn't have been able to help them with that decision when and actually sean brings up a good point to your pets in photos that building puts dogs in some of their photos, like like some of the brokers that sell in that building. The board only allows one dog per shareholder. Probably not the best idea to put a dog in your photos. Well, just saying. I, I mean, just you, saying. You, you, I mean, you have to obviously, you know, tailor that to wherever your listing is, where the apartment is, the building is, what the pet policy is. You're certainly not going to put a little puppy in a in a photograph sitting on a sofa if you know the building doesn't even allow pets, right? I mean, you're just not going to do that. I say one thing that's helped me is whenever I approach a client, I assume that I'm going to be their broker for life. So if you have that approach when you first meet them, it's transformative because now. You're not asking those questions that come across as really salesy, like, oh, how much money do you have in the bank? Are you going to rent something next week? Are you going to buy something next week? You're thinking about the long term. And it just just is transformative in in everything you say and everything you do reflects that you actually care about them. And you're going to be helping their children and their children's children maybe buy a place down the road. Yeah, it's boring. I mean, even when I'm showing another broker and their clients and we're in the elevator, you know, I'll... I'll talk about something else, you know, bring up something else, maybe something they're wearing or whatever, not the weather, but just something good. 
brokers are acting on 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 clients' behalf, mm-hmm. and in, in order to step into somebody's shoes and act in their best interests, you really have to know some of those intimate details in order to take the best steps and help them. It's a little bit like you know the the guy with his lawyer. If you don't tell the lawyer the full story and they're trying to represent you then you've done them a disservice and yourself a disservice. So it's the same. As I've said for years on this program that, you know, if you're representing a buyer and you're going to be selling them a co-op, you know, they have to be prepared. And this is our job to make sure we prepare them to undress in front of the board. This is the term I've used for years. So you've got to give us everything because if you don't, it may not work to your favor. I always always like to say that we're psychologists who have a niche in real estate. We're a psychologist who have a niche. Well, I would agree with that. Just saying. Well, I think it's a good. I think it's. A, I think it's a great thing on for a Tuesday morning. Cold a minor. I know. I mean, and I'm like very tired. I just. I didn't just think of this. <laughs> I'll admit that. Well, I studied psychology, so maybe that's why I like real estate. Andrew, you wanted to make a point before we close. We've got about two minutes left. Uh sure. I, I think. To, well, first of all, on on that topic, I think you know understanding a client's lifestyle is important because it may give you clues about the type of property that they want to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to rewind, and, and I guess, you know, above all else, I, I think it's important that brokers understand and um, become comfortable with their relationship with technology because our clients are relying on us to have the best data and the best technology to best serve their needs. And earlier I was talking about computer vision or machine learning that can read photographs and identify attributes of them. Um, this happened in other fields. In fact, that technology is being used by oncologists and radiologists to take an x-ray and identify certain types of cancer with 93% accuracy. So if you're a radiologist, maybe your natural inclination is to be concerned. Well, wait a second, are these robots coming for my jobs? But what actually happens is the radiologists and oncologists who are able to use that technology are better, are better able to serve their clients uh, or their patients in this case. Um, and and therefore they're in higher demand by them. And I think those brokers that that in, in learn how to implement and use this technology are going to be able to better uh, serve their their buyers, and therefore are going to be in higher demand. I agree. And you know, just on the technology um, uh, topic before we we head out, I mean, again, 17 years ago when I first started in business. There really was no technology, but you know, then we didn't understand what we were missing or what we didn't have. Today, the more stuff comes out and the more robust it becomes, and the more uh, clients and and consumers and buyers you know enjoy it. I think that's probably the the benefit to all of it more than what we like or what we need because we I think have enough right now. I mean, we don't need any more, but I think for the consumer who uh, has become a lot more educated. That's where it is, and that's where Real Scout comes in. So anyway, thank you for being with us today, Andrew. I appreciate it. We're out of time. That's it uh, for the show today. Thanks to my guest, John Wahlberg, and to the panel, of course, my panel, as always. Shoot for the moon, everyone, because even if you miss, you'll land among the stars, and the only person you should try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. Be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.